understand you by and by. Just move on up toward your destination. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the first episode of Find a Job podcast, sponsored by Launchpad Careers. My name is AJ. And I am Ian. And uh, we thank you for listening in. We know that uh, you guys got busy lives out there, and we're excited that we're going to be able to offer this exciting and important content to you out on the Internet. Um, Why listen to Find a Job podcast? Well, we know it's a tough economy out there. We know that the job market is changing. And we know that uh, there's a lack of information. People are really looking for information on how to find a job, what they need to do, and how they can really improve their their chances of finding that perfect job out there for them. So we really wanted to create a resource on the Internet, uh, a resource that you can uh, go to and you can review on a regular basis where you can get new information. So Ian and I got together. We're both uh, team members here at Launchpad Careers. And we hope that this uh, podcast, that you guys will enjoy this podcast. Uh, we'd like to tell you first a little bit about ourselves so that you know who we are and, and why we're doing this. Ian, if you want to introduce yourself, please feel free. I'm Ian Connell. I am the Director of Executive Recruitment here at Launchpad Careers. Uh, background is uh, in economics. I graduated from UC Irvine. I've been um, in the staffing industry for about three years now. Great. Appreciate that. My name's AJ stands for Abraham Jenkins, and uh, I've been in the recruiting and staffing business since 2000. Uh, I can actually say that I've been in this business since the previous recession, so maybe that, uh, maybe that ages me, but, you know, what we, uh, I really am passionate about helping people find jobs. I think that's the reason why we started Launchpad Careers. We consider ourselves a candidate-centric company, and so we really put the candidate first, and um, that's really the main reason that I got involved in this. I've done a lot of different things in staffing, from recruiting candidates to working with clients. We've done hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews, and we really think that we know, you know, a lot about the recruitment and staffing industry and about helping candidates out there, job seekers, find the best opportunity. You know, today, the first episode of Find That Job podcast, what we wanted to talk with you guys about is how to survive in an economic recession. Ian, what do you think? Do you think it's important right now for people to know how to survive this economic recession with regards to their career? I think it's of the uh, utmost important. Like you said earlier, there's not a lot of information out there, and if you're going to be able to wear through this, you have to be savvy. You have to be able to roll with the punches and really um, take your career to the next level Mm -hmm. and uh, have it adapt to these uh, changing times. Mm -hmm. And as a result, you have to change your approach on how you're going to uh, find a job. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the news, you know, I, I try not to look at the news. I, I, I think we need to cancel our subscription to the Wall Street Journal because every day it's just bad news. But, you know, in 2008, the economy lost over 2 million jobs. And some of the economists are expecting that we're going to lose another million jobs at least in 2009. So we know that unemployment is expected to rise. It's probably... You know, it's probably going to rise to something in, on the lines of double digits. And that's not even counting all the people who are out there underemployed. Those are the folks who maybe want a full-time job, but they don't have a full-time job. 
So you've got a lot of economic you know, factors, and, and that's really the bad news. I mean, you know, everyone out there has seen those pictures of the Great Depression, you know, the, the black and white photos. They got the person standing out there on the street, you know, out in the cold. And, you know, the only thing I have to say about that is remember, in 1929, there were no color cameras, and people didn't drive a lot of cars. So that's why they were standing around. So the pictures always look more bleak. Um, we're not gonna, I don't believe we're going to go back to that scenario. I don't believe that the economy is going to get that bad that we're going to see something along the lines of the Great Depression. But we are going to see something new, something different. Our economy is going through you know, changes, you know, changes in uh, employment, changes in workforce. Globalization is changing the way people look at their careers. So there's a lot of things that are happening, and again, we have to you know, you have to look at new ways uh, of approaching your career if you want to, you know, if you want to survive the recession and come out the other end stronger than you were before. So, you know, so that's the doom and gloom of what's going on right now. But again, you know, I've always considered myself an optimist. I'm looking at things from the positive perspective, you know, and I think, you know, recessions can be tough. However, there are definitely, definitely areas of opportunity out there in the economy right now, and, and that's what we really wanted to talk about. There are opportunities in a lot of different fields that people aren't really looking at. You know, during a recession, you know, you have to look at what's called recession-proof jobs. So you've got different types of jobs out there as far as energy. You have jobs in the environment. So energy and environmental jobs are definitely going to be, uh, you know, it, it growing and expanding areas of opportunity, especially when you're looking at the stimulus plan. Um, that the new incoming administration is talking about, you know, they're looking at a stimulus plan of about $850 billion that's going to be pumped into the economy. Now, a lot of folks don't like to, you know, rely on the government, and a lot of folks are saying, hey, you know, the government doesn't create jobs. But the bottom line is $850 billion that's coming into the economy is going to create opportunities. So, again, energy and environment, any companies that are dealing with that, wow, I'd be going after those. You also have education. These are, you know, what you call recession-proof, you know, types of jobs. You have education, which I think will continue to grow. In fact, there was, um, I know that there was an article that I read uh, a few weeks back talking about how during the 91 and the 2001 recession, people, there was actually a survey or a study done that tracked spending, and it showed that during these recessions, people would spend less money on cars, they're not buying the BMW, they're not buying the Mercedes, but they're spending their money on education, and those sectors actually saw an increase in income during recession. So education is going to be strong. Um, healthcare is definitely going to be a strong area of growth, uh, in particular because healthcare companies, you know, people get sick, people need to be healthy. There's really, you know, the recession really does not impact that a whole lot. Yeah, I'd like to actually uh, chime in there. Um, this really is a great opportunity to expand in. Um, kind of uh, the way you perceive yourself and your skill set. You, um, you need to really sit down and kind of uh, think about what skills do you possess, what are your strongest selling points that are transferable maybe to a new career. So if you, uh, you, know, um, you know, analyze yourself as, uh, you know, uh, someone who is a critical thinking, um, possibly looking to a career in healthcare that you could, um, you know, use that to your advantage where you could get in there and uh, start a new career in that industry. So um, there are a great deal of opportunities out there. Just a matter of how you look at it and how you kind of, uh, you know, kind of have you roll the dice there. Mm -hmm. and, te and technology as well. You look at the technology sector, innovation really is the driving force of our economy. So, 
usually technology companies continue to have uh, investment investment from the private sector, private equity, uh, you know, angel investment, as well as government. You know, government's going to continue to fuel technology investment. Um, some other areas to look at as well, international business. Yeah, some economies are hurting right now. U.S. is definitely one. Europe is hurting. But there's other economies that are doing well. You look at uh, Latin America. You look at Asia. Uh, aren't Some of those uh, areas aren't hurting as much as us. So international business, as, as the world becomes more and uh, closer and closer, and as the global economy continues to expand, people with experience in international business are going to be under demand, especially if you're bilingual. I mean, we recently picked up a, a position for an international uh, was it international purchasing international uh, buyer and, and planner right and uh, yeah they're really looking for someone you know bilingual and Chinese so that is an opportunity there you're uh, you're uh, interfacing with uh, with China you know outsourcing things to them too so there's there's opportunities uh, opportunities out there you just kind of have to uh, pair your skill set up with the with the right uh, right job so absolutely and and also you know for you know Ian and myself we'll have to this is a personal scenario is that you know, any sales-related jobs, you know, we're sales professionals. We've always, you know, considered recruitment and staffing to be a sales-related career. And, you know, sales are definitely uh, recession-proof jobs. Companies have to keep selling. So if you have sales skills, this is the time for you to be out there marketing yourself to uh, companies because they want to hire good salespeople. Um, you know, even being flexible, part-time jobs. If you're mm -hmm. maybe, if you can take a part-time job and maybe go back to school as well, there's some opportunities out there. Companies are downsizing, and instead of doing full-time, they might hire you on a part-time basis. Yeah, and I think actually uh, another way to look at this recession is uh, an opportunity really to do something, maybe a career shift to something that is even more enjoyable for you. You could look at what you're really passionate about uh, within that skill set or your current job that you're doing and transfer it to a new career and to a new position and transfer that passion into your job search. So um, really this is, a, I think, a great way you could you know, jumpstart your career and, um, and really put some, some effort into it and, and turn out in a better light than before. De definitely, definitely. You know, and, and you know, just to piggyback on what Ian just said, you know, re-education is, is, is really important. We're constantly learning over here at Launchpad Careers. We believe in educating ourselves and learning as much as we possibly can. And I've talked to a lot of folks right now who are saying, you know, I, I can't find that perfect job, so maybe, maybe I'll go back to school. Maybe I'll finish my degree or maybe I'll pursue a master's degree or, or a Ph.D. If you, if you really want to get that technical. Um, you know, these are the times when you can actually consider it. I'm considering even going back to school in, in uh, maybe six months or so and finishing up my degree and doing some of the things that I've postponed because the economy's been so good and it's been so busy that I haven't had the time to. So I'm hoping that I won't have the time in the future. But, again, it's always an option that, you know, you can get some, some re-education. And I think last, you know, but not least on, on the good news is that, um, you know, hey, if – if it's tough times right now, but you have a job and you're working for a good company and you and it may not be the perfect opportunity, but it's paying the bills and it's a good opportunity and you're learning things, stay put. You know, I, I'm a recruiter and I might try to recruit you away, but I'm not looking out for my best interest. We want to look out for your best interest. And really, if you are in an if you're in a company that's stable or growing that is not laying people off, it might make sense to stay put instead of taking that exciting new opportunity across town mm -hmm. for that company that may not be as stable. You know, so obviously taking less risks 
during the recession uh, might be advisable. Uh, again, you might get a call from Ian and I to try to recruit you away, but, <laughs> but we're not going to present an opportunity to you unless it's not really uh, an exciting, viable opportunity. But, um, so that's another way of taking a look at it. Um, Ian, you know, I, I'm curious, you know, when you're looking at, you know, the recession and where to go and, and what to do to find, you know, that next career opportunity, where should, where do candidates start? Where, where should they begin? The first thing I think uh, really a candidate needs to do is develop a strong game plan. So you're looking at yourself, you're unemployed. Okay, what do I do now? And it touches mm -hmm. back on what we discussed earlier. It's really discovering your strongest selling points as a candidate. What's going to differentiate you from the uh, 2 million other people who are also looking for a job? How are you going to stand out uh, from the pack? So you really need to find what skill sets you possess that are your strongest selling points and package those up and then present, be able to present those effectively to um, a potential employer. So do you think that folks, you know, when they're out there and they need to present themselves and, and differentiate, what are a couple of things that people can do right off the bat to set themselves apart from the other two million candidates that are applying for that same job? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, number one, um, as far as on that goes, is uh, the presentation of uh, the resume. Uh, first... Once you have uh, identified a job that you're looking to apply for, you have to cater your resume specifically to that position. Um, you should have a new resume for every job that you apply for. Um, cater it uh, specifically to that job description because it's kind of like the, the, old, the old saying, um, you know, it's not uh, what you're selling, it's what they're buying. So mm -hmm. you need to uh, definitely uh, put your best foot forward. You may have the skill set um, in general, and if you don't depict it in the right light, then uh, you may not look like a fit. So... <laughs> Do they have to be, do they have to make, you know, let's say they apply to 20 different jobs, though. Do they have to have 20 different resumes? I mean, that, you know, that's going to take you all day, you know, all week. Well, not uh, not 20 different uh, completely new resumes, but okay. there would be, uh, you know, variations. And I would say you might have 20 different uh, resumes with slight variations, mm -hmm. um, depending on uh, depending on the company, depending mm -hmm. on the job description. Because um, though companies are similar, if you're in the same niche, there still would be, um, some similar, some things that actually uh, you know might be different about them mm -hmm. that you could you know put there and kind of um, you know make your resume appear to be at the top. So yeah. and, and just make sure that when you go to that interview that you bring the right resume along. Don't, you know, don't bring the one that says that you you know were uh, you know a fisherman off of uh, Long Island or something. You know when you were going for that accounting position, you make sure you get the right job description, the right resume for that position, right? Um, what, what, you know, I want to talk a little bit about attitude as well, because um, I think that when you, when you start your job search, you've got to have the right attitude. You really have to be, um, you know, in the right frame of mind when you're out there interviewing. I think there's a lot to be said about first impressions. Mm -hmm. I always tell recruiters, don't go off of your first impression, but there's mm -hmm. a lot of hiring managers out there and interviewers who do go off their first impression, mm -hmm. and a lot of what we say is subconscious. So if you're having a bad day, if you're having a bad week, if uh, you just got laid off and you're still not through that process and you're still dealing with that emotionally, you got to really, you got to take stock and you have to get yourself in the right frame of mind before you go in an interview. Because you may be an awesome candidate with the right uh, skill set, but you may come in there with just, you know, you're, you're not smiling, you don't have good eye contact, and you've got all kinds of things swirling around in your mind. You're like worried about, you know, your dog just got hit by a car and, you know, uh, your your spouse is having a bad day. That's going to affect how you interview. Mm -hmm. 
And if you don't do well on that first interview, if you're not, if you don't knock their socks off on that first interview, you can forget getting a call back. So attitude is definitely, definitely important. Um, what about Ian? What about uh, working your cir circle or networking? What do you think people should do with regards to that? With regards to networking, I think um, it's a definitely a key aspect um, as far as reaching out to friends of yours that are employed, seeing uh, if their companies are hiring, and also uh, reaching out to new avenues, uh, social networking. You could um, a great site is uh, LinkedIn.com. Mm -hmm. That's a great one that me and AJ are on. And uh, you can network there. You can connect with people um, that are currently employed. Um, shoot them a message. Just inquire, hey, I'm out in the job market, seeing if anyone's hiring. Who, maybe mm -hmm. who should I get in contact with? Who mm -hmm. would be the best point of contact or looking for a position X, Y, and Z? And that, um, that really has been effective, and, and we uh, utilize that uh, for recruitment. And you'd be surprised how uh, open these people are to uh, talking with you. They'll, they'll mm -hmm. shoot you a message back. It's not... Um, it's not as uh, maybe as pressing or imposing that you may think to just shoot someone a message out of the blue. Yeah, because you're really, you know, we hear it a lot from candidates, their frustration when they apply for a position online and they never get a call back. Well, that's because you're basically going into this giant computer system. You mm -hmm. know, these positions, they're, let's say they put a position out there for a staff accountant, and that's, you know, they get maybe hundreds of resumes for one position, and it's a software program that's filtering out these resumes. Mm -hmm. So you're really not being presented. You know, it's, it's like that's the, not the worst way, but it's the least effective way to get your resume in front of the hiring manager. Ian, you're, you're, you're spot on with saying, hey, you got to work your network. Start with the people you know, whether it's people you know from your church or from your social circle or, you know, maybe it was a former boss that you worked for that you're still in contact with. You know, you got to keep these people in your Rolodex because three-quarters of all hiring is done through a network. You know, I, I hired Ian, you know, uh, in similar fashion. And, you know, you came on board that way, and, and some of the other people that we've worked with have come on board that way. Mm -hmm. It's probably the most effective way to find great candidates. Mm -hmm. So, you know, definitely work your circle of influence. Um, what about you know, doing, you know, research, what should people be doing as far as researching their, you know, for the next opportunity? Market research, I think, is key. It's like you had touched on before. Um, in a recession, there still are recession-proof um, jobs out there, recession-proof industries. So you really need to do your research, uh, you know, be on Google, look for what industries are growing. Um, once you, you find a niche, you know, research that niche, see what are the, the major players in that uh, locally um, what companies are located, uh, you know, right uh, around you that are maybe hiring, be on the company websites, uh, looking if they're posting, because uh, not all these jobs are just going to be posted on Monster. Uh, you have to sometimes turn over some stones looking for, the, looking for these jobs. So um, you have to really be out there and, and put your work in. Yeah, it really is. It's like, the, you know, another way to relate finding a job is, it's like, uh, you know, dating. If, if you're going to, you know, how many people, a lot of people do online dating, but you ask most of your friends, like, well, how did you meet your boyfriend or girlfriend? And they're going to say, you know, it was through, I met him when we were bowling, yeah. you know, last, <laughs> went out bowling a couple months ago, or I met him at a wedding, or I met him. So you got to work the network, and you got to do things a little bit more creatively. Um, and being, you know, being targeted is, is really important, being targeted in specific. We tell folks, don't, don't try to be a generalist. Don't try to be a jack-of-all-trades because what, what does that mean? You're a master of none. Mm -hmm. Be as specific as you can in, in the value that you can offer an employer. 
which means, you know, let's say that you're a marketing, you know, let's say you're a marketing or advertising candidate. Well, what industry did you do marketing and advertising in? Is that industry growing right now? If they are growing, great. What areas can you offer value? Do you, do you have specific knowledge on the Internet and Internet research and Internet marketing? This is where you're starting to add value because companies are out there looking for a specific fix to a specific problem. And if you offer that solution, you're going to be valuable to them versus, okay, there's a million and one people out there who, can, who are generalists. But if you're specific and targeted and, and you go after the right folks, I think you're going to find, you know, your job search is going to be shorter. It's going to take longer or take less time to find the right opportunity, and you'll have more success. Um, the other, you know, option, which we obviously encourage, is work with recruiters. Mm -hmm. You know, recruiters, you know, like, like us. Like us. Is that what we do? Yeah. We're recruiters? <laughs> um, is, you know, the value of working with recruiters is, one, you get that one-on-one -on -one relationship. You really get a chance to um, explain to them and uh, give them information as to what you're looking for. If their if they're recruiter's worth their weight in salt, then they're going to go out and market you and actually make that introduction. I mean, we know dozens upon dozens, maybe hundreds of hiring managers, and we can call them up directly and present your resume and talk about you and your skill sets, and that goes uh, a lot further than just applying for a position on their website or applying for a position on one of the job boards. So you definitely want to, um, you know, use recruiters in your arsenal when you're going under and when you're doing a job search. Yeah, and that really will make you uh, stand out from the crowd. Like AJ said earlier, there's uh, a lot of these companies use computer software just to filter you out. You really have no, um, you know, direct contact with even the hiring manager. There's nothing to say that they actually have even seen your resume. Mm -hmm. But um, if they get a phone call from us and we uh, and we market you out to it, um, really we could, uh, you know, uh, kind of really sell your sell your strengths that which may uh, you know not, not be as present on the resume and and they know that's coming from a credible source you've already been screened out and you've already been uh, you know given the launch pad uh, stamp of approval so. <laughs> it's a literal stamp that we put on your forehead when you walk into the interview so it, it, it washes off with warm water so <laughs> next I actually really wanted to talk about uh, creating uh, an effective and powerful resume and really uh, you know presenting yourself as, a, as an a player um, we touched on this earlier, but you really have to, you know, cater your resume to a specific, uh, you know, job position. Uh, have that um, to mirror the job description that is available, maybe on the company website or on the internet. But uh, what we didn't talk about is uh, another aspect of it that's almost equally as important. Is uh, it's not always what you put on your resume, but sometimes what you leave off that is uh, is very important. Uh, you know, if if you're um, and if you're applying for a position such as uh, you know mid-level management or, or lower, you don't want to put something on your resume that's uh, over 10 years uh, 10 years ago. You don't want them to know you know you worked at Vons or you were a, you know uh, you know you were a second grade uh, you know, teacher's aide or something I, like I that. I sold comic books in high school. <laughs> yeah, the, those are not as relevant to uh, to uh, to an employer. You want to keep everything specific and things that have, you know, tangible, transferable skills. Yeah. Um, another aspect of that is you don't want to put uh, education things on that possibly you didn't complete. Uh, I see um, mm. employers actually look down upon that. You say, mm. oh, I attended community college for two months. <laughs> what, what, what does that say about you and your follow-through and, and things like that? Those sometimes are better left, uh, you know, off of your resume altogether. So. I, I need to revise my resume. Ian, I, got, I got some stuff on there I need to take off. What, what about, um, you know, this is, you know, also an area-sensitive subject, but, you know, we, we'd like to say that all employers out there 
are just screening for skill set and experience, but you know we live in, in in the real world where people are looking at things that and screening people out that maybe they shouldn't. So you know another thing to avoid is you know if you have a lot of different uh, let's say you belong to a lot of different types of groups, political groups, re, you know re, certain religious groups and different things like that. You know be careful on what you put out there because you never know what that hiring manager is thinking and what they may assume or what stereotypes they believe. So I'm not saying that, you know, if you will, you know, belong to, um, you know, some community organization and stuff, that, that for some hiring managers it might be a positive thing, but for some it might be a negative thing. Mm-hmm. So does that really bring a lot of value as a candidate on your resume? Um, the other thing, too, I tell folks is avoid saying when you graduated from high school. Because, you know, if you graduate in high school in 1913, um, you know, they may think that you're not uh, the, the ideal candidate. You may be the ideal candidate. But, again, they may screen you out because of that. I, I wish we lived in a world that that wasn't reality. But this podcast, our hope is that we're going to tell you the truth yeah. and how to really, you know, present yourself. So, Ian, I think that was a great topic that you, that you brought up. What other things do you think about with regards to the resume that they might want to be uh, aware of? Well, uh, I think we, we covered it with the resume, but I wanted to touch upon the fact of after you presented the resume, okay. uh, what's the next step? Okay, I, I saw the ad online, I presented it, or if you want to go the extra mile, you maybe dropped off the resume in person, which also is a, a, a good thing to do for you know maybe a mid-sized company where you can possibly have contact with the hiring manager there. But the next thing you do is you have to give a phone call. Give a phone call to follow up. Uh, this will really uh, differentiate you from the pack and the, the stack of resumes there. Um, call the hiring manager. It's it's not um, you know uh, inconveniencing them at all for you to give them a quick phone call. Hey, uh, my name's Bill. Um, just wanted to to let you know you know I, I applied for your position. Was very interested in the opportunity. I'm available for any questions that for the questions you might have. Here's my phone number. Uh, you know, give me a call back. Um, and, and really, just be persistent on that. If you don't hear back from them in a week, you know maybe call them back again. Um, this could really uh, show your your work ethic and and um, and and what you're gonna be doing for them once you start working for them. Mm. Uh, I know uh, you know working here at Launchpad, I I kind of had to do that thing to get a job here. I um, you know first I interviewed with with AJ and and um, and um, for whatever reason you know it didn't hit it off right away, but. But I, I kept on him, and I kept <laughs> him back, and I, I'd follow up, at, you know, every couple of weeks, and he'd say, "Call me back in two weeks," and I would give him a call back, and um, and you know, at the end of the day, he said, "Hey, this guy, you know, really wants it, and he's uh, you know working hard for it. He's persistent. You know, let's give him a shot." And you know, here I am today, you know, three yeah. years later, still with the the company, and and uh, you know, making things happen. So Th- that's right, and, and actually. You, you called me even before the interview, and, uh, you know, being proactive is huge. I think if you are applying for a position, do, I mean, do you think it's okay that they call and say, hey, I submitted my resume? Yeah, you know? definitely. It, it, and the reason that that is important, I think, is because it builds rapport. And that goes back to your network and goes back to, you know, hiring people and working with people you know. You know, I love to hire people that I have rapport with and I know because it tells me I know more about them. There's not going to be any surprises. So every contact you have with the hiring manager builds a little bit more rapport, hopefully. I mean, if you really have a bad personality or a bad attitude or you've got some things that you need to work on, you could be hurting yourself versus making it better. Sometimes in situations, less is best. But in general, I think when you're going out there on the job market, the more contact you can have positive contact with a hiring manager, the better, um, as long as you're not stalking them or, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, going in their backyard or showing up at their PTA meetings, I, I think you're going to be fine. 
Yeah, it almost gives them a little uh, extended interview because maybe the interview might only last 30 minutes or so. And uh, two minutes here, two minutes there, you follow up with them. They're getting a little, a little bit of a deeper sense of your personality and, um, and they might uh, you know, think, hey, you know, I clicked it, I hit it off with them. Think they're going to be great for the position. You know, maybe at first they you didn't present yourself in the best way, or you kind of rubbed them the wrong way. But you know, after a couple you know contacts, they're like, hey, you know what? I really like you know Bill. He's a he's a great guy. It sounds like he's a great guy. Let's let's give him a shot. We'll bring him in here. So uh, I think that's huge. So you know, we don't want to get too lengthy on the first on the first podcast, you guys. We really just wanted to you know do something to get information out to you. We hope that you've enjoyed you know, listening to this because we're, again, you know, Ian and I, you know, here at Launchpad Careers are really passionate about helping people in their careers. And we don't think any other recruiting and staffing firms out there are doing this. And we believe in being innovative and taking it to the next level. So we really want to thank you for listening to this podcast. And we ask you, you know, to give us your feedback and, 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 you know, let us know what you think about this. Um, operators are standing by. So, you know, no, actually there's no operators, just Ian and I in the conference room right now. But um, if, uh, you know, if you have suggestions or if you have any feedback, you can, you know, you can reach out to us directly. You can email us. My email address is aj at launchpadcareers.com. And uh, you could also email me as well at ian, I-A-N, at launchpadcareers.com. And uh, we'd love to have your feedback. It's our first one. You know, we're, we're, we're getting things going. But uh, we'd love to have feedback even on future topics of things that you'd like to have elaborated um, more in future episodes. Um, you know, I'd love to go in more depth into social networking and things of that nature. So um, love to just hear from you guys. De- definitely, definitely. We are working on our new website, launchpadcareers.com, version 2, actually 3.0 now, um, which will have some great content uh, information. Uh, we're going to have our video blog on there. We'll have our podcasts on there. We're going to have other blogs and other articles. We're hoping to have a, a forum and a social network so you can, you know, give us feedback on the spot. You can tell us how cool we are. You can tell us how lame we are. You know, whatever you want to say. Hope not that. But. You know, we might delete the comments about how lame we are. But uh, again, we, you know, it's, it's an opportunity for you to provide us feedback. And uh, for the really great candidates out there who do take our advice and listen to us. Uh, you know, we hope that we can place you mm-hmm. because we really want to help find, you know, great candidates, some great opportunities. So check back with us on a regular basis, and we'll be doing our next uh, podcast in about two weeks, and uh, two to three weeks. So we hope that you check in on that, and uh, that's about it. Anything yeah. else? No, I think that about covers it. Thanks for listening, guys, and uh, you'll be hearing from us soon. Hey, thanks, guys. Take care. Just move on up toward your destination.